Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sesploitation Conflagration. Here are your two amazing hosts, Nate Bradford and Stephen Ronquillo. Guys, take it away! <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I was messing around on Audacity today and whipped that one out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it. You got a podcast and you don't use Audacity for any of your like recording things like that, then you don't deserve to have a podcast. <laughs> oh, all right then. You know, it's Jeez. a program. So it took me like thirty seconds to cut the audio, add my name to you know, you know. <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah. No, it it yeah it's it's fun. It, it is a fun program for sure. But yeah, hello everybody and welcome to the show. Well, the show started, we started talking about this on Monday when all of a sudden Criterion said, "Okay, these three titles are going out of print on Blu-ray as of now." And there was uh, let's see, Harold and Maude. Out of print. Uh, Days of Heaven. Out of print. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, don't look now, cause it's out of print. Yeah, don't look now. Um, and yeah, and that. Go ahead. Oh well, well, you and I were discussing this earlier in the week and trying to figure out why why this happened uh is it Modern part of figure it out yeah it's part of paramount streaming they're confusing all of their prestige and titles that they see that people will pay money for and right seeing it exclusive on their streams which a lot of them do are doing now they're like hey do you like this television show yeah, but I got Hulu, and it's got all that and more. Not anymore. You got to get, if you like The Office, it's only on NBC Peacock. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, you know, this is what our whole show is going to be about tonight, is um, we're not talking about cancel culture and uh, films that are being yanked off the shelves due to... Uh, potentially offensive material. We're talking about the ways that different uh, different studios are uh, developing their own streaming stations to monetize uh, TV shows and and movies that were otherwise available across a broad spectrum of uh, of channels and. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Really did start back in the VHS days, which the studio hated because they want, they've always had the idea that we, the consumers, should pay for the product every time we use it or see it. Like you watched Brian House like 50 times? Boom! You're going to pay 50 times. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. 
I mean, uh, you know, I mean, um, let's look back on like a fun, a fun film like Joe Dante, Joe Dante's matinee. Um, you know, one of the central plot points of that film is that television is destroying, uh, the, you know, the, the movie theater industry, you know, and it's funny to see that we've kind of come back down that spiral. I mean, you and I are, we, we talk about this frequently. You and I are of similar age. And, uh, when, when you and I were younger, we would have killed to have a streaming service like the ones that are available now where you can just put together your, your movies and TV shows for the day, whichever ones you want to watch, you know? Um, but back in the day, like, like I said, uh, you would be able to program your own, uh, you you know? Yeah. Yeah. We came back from the days where if you seen a movie, TV guys, and it was on 2 a.m. and you missed it, that's your ass. Yeah. And then cable come along. And people were like, you mean you want us to pay so much a month to stay at home and watch our movies? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not going to do that. And then Dollars and Dad was a minor hit. And then HBO said, okay, we're going to pay you guys three times the budget of your film for 50 viewings. And they said, what? Yeah, we're serious. Okay, we'll take the deal. And then the deal came out, <laughs> and then all the studios are like, holy crap, we can make money on this. <laughs> and that is what, what's, the, what's the first movie that you remember seeing on HBO? Uh, Beastmaster. Can Beastmaster, yeah. I think mine was uh, David Cronenberg's uh, The Fly. David Cronenberg's version of The Fly. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, my cousins uh, in town had cable, and they was like, whenever I went there, he was either going to watch, in the early, early 80s, he was either going to get to see Beastmaster, Old God, Poltergeist, or just they had that they would play the living hell out of no matter what because that's what they had the right to <laughs> yeah yeah um, but you know it's interesting you were you met, you mentioned before about how like if you want to watch The Office now you have to subscribe to Peacock and um, that actually um, uh leans into something that, uh, you know, Abby and I, we're avid collectors of, of media. And I know you are as well. If, if I know there's a TV show or a movie that I'm going to want to watch over and over again. Yeah. He just called me back on the phone, man. Uh, you are just bring fading in and out. Okay, well, he'll be back, but yeah, I mean, if you guys remember back in the day, yeah, you can 
favorite half packages for your local cable dealer. Pay so much a flat fee per month, and you would get HBO Cinemax pack. You would have HBO for the mainstream stuff and Max for doing stuff. Just like Showtime had the movie channel. And then that would be deal. And then you would have, well, buy our Super Deluxe package. And you would get HBO, Showtime, Venomax, and the movie channel. But that's really when VHS really started and people started to stop getting the premium movie channels and went into the normal video stores and just renting everything because they were like, you want our big titles? No, we're going to keep those. We got a contract with cable and they're paying for it. And then, of course, we had two that broke the rule, Purple Rain and the Terminator. They're like, you mean we can make more money selling these little video things? <laughs> yeah. Oh. With that, uh, Terminator and Purple Rain came to game again. And the studios are rushing into VHS now. This right? Is funny. I always think that there's one title that once they see, you mean we can make more money doing B instead of A? Well, instead of saying, we're going to support those, they're like, screw A, we're going to put all of our money into B. And the independents who are probably there first get pushed out. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, um, it does, it does speak to, uh, you know, kind of the whole point we were, we're getting at with tonight's show is that, um, you know, we're talking about like the greed behind, um, streaming services that are, you know, like Disney's like, oh, we have all the Star Wars and the, and the, uh, you know, uh, Avengers and blah, blah. And, you know, every, every, every channel has their niche. So if you want to see these things, you have to pay for them. But how do you feel about what I was saying before about physical media? Uh, uh, I guess it's kind of a reverse of what you were talking about, the Criterion Collection retiring a bunch of movies so you can only get them on the streaming service. But what about the other side of it? But but what about the other side of it where, um, you know, movies and TV shows that were never available on streaming services or have now been marginalized, to certain streaming services and you have to go buy a physical copy. If you want to make sure that you're able to watch these TV shows and movies, is that, do you think that's as, as much of, you know, supply side greed as, um, as the streaming services? Well, let's go back to the old days. George Lucas only stores on VHS. Hey, me. See that box? Yeah. Here's your Star Wars. Oh, here's your twenty. Here's your fifteen dollars. Boom. 
what they do is create a vacuum. And as the saying goes, nature avoids a vacuum. And it will always be filled. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's yeah. just incredible. Like, oh, you're only getting to see these movies in the video store. Not all these foreign movies and all the exploitation films that we don't think is worth money. The guy at the flea market is joking we call him. You mean, come here. Or, that's how really <laughs> the more community started. Because we were chase trading communities. Look at MST3K. What was always on the end of the early episodes before Comedy Central and the Sci-Fi Channel made them take it off? Keep circulating the tapes. Circulating the tapes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I can remember them talking about the early days of it, where they didn't have copies of certain episodes like Season Zero and One. And then they would see some guy selling it at the con, and they would basically buy it from. <laughs> I I have a I have a chilling I have a chilling story to tell you. Uh, the other day, I was talking to Abby, and she said if there was one TV show that she would never ever want to see another episode of in her life. It would be Mystery Science Theater 3000. (gasps) The horror. But yeah, I mean, they were like deep spreading the tape. That's that's basically what the the great market tried to do is try to keep these movies alive until they got legit releases. Yeah, yeah, you and I have talked several times over the over the years about well, going to about the flea that. market. I'm going to the Atomic Series because, you know, the, the Atomic Half-Life, they go to movies too. Half of the movies that were shown in the movie theaters for TV yet never has come on TV. Or so on and so on and so on. And same with movies that were shown or shot for TV. Movies that were made for VHS or like that. So instead of gaining more material with each progressive generation, we're losing more. Right? I mean, I don't see that 100%. I mean, there are a lot of movies now that go, I, I guess, Again, it goes to what we're discussing tonight. Um, I see a lot of movies that go right to um, Amazon Prime, for instance. I won't say Netflix because it seems like the movies that go direct to Netflix are more prestige films made by directors and featuring actors that we're all familiar with. But he said that Netflix is at the stage or the guy running uh, their independent acquisitions company or their studio has an open checkbook and no brains and as blind as a bat. That's one of the best things <laughs> ever for a filmmaker. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I can yeah. see it. I, I watch 
I watch a I watch a lot of Netflix original movies, and sometimes I'm like, damn, why don't I have a film deal? But um, but yeah, I mean, if, if I look at some, I can yeah, just hear the Dino Florentis going. Oh, Martin Scorsese, you need over a hundred million dollars for one film. We want one. We want to say we made our Martin Scorsese film. Here's the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All I can, all I can say about, I'm a big Martin Scorsese fan, but yeah. We were about halfway through the Irishman when Abby said she had to go to the bathroom. And when I paused it and I saw that there were still two hours left in the movie, I was just like, come on, Scorsese. Like, do do, do you really have this much time to spend with your life? Because I'm 30 years younger than you are, and I don't think I got two more hours left in me, but... I powered through. Well, it depends on the story, too. Yeah, right? So. Like, uh, the, the, like if a movie is four hours and it's got four hours worth of material, it goes by in seconds. But still, by, when you get to the level, I don't want to be a prestige studio now. I don't need all of these fucking independent guys. Who made my great butter and kept me alive when I was starving? Fuck you guys. Yeah, and I guess that's what I was. I, I kind of got side sidetracked there, but what I was starting to say was, I think uh, Amazon Prime. I think they're in in the same way as Netflix. They they um, support more independent filmmakers. And so you can see a lot of interesting stuff on Amazon prime, but it harkens back to what you were saying about like when you and I used to go to the video store back in the day and rent some like cheesy low budget flicks, you know? Um, So those, those films are still getting made and they're still being distributed. But again, as you know, per what we're talking about, it's not as interesting to just scroll through Amazon and be like, Oh, okay. I'll watch, you know, whatever the movie, uh, you know, I, I slit your throat and poop on your head. What? I don't know. You know, (laughs) I, I, I'm too old to even make up clever names for horror movies anymore. (laughs) Although now that I think, now that I think about it, I can't name and that was a cool <laughs> one. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, isn't isn't there one that's called? I think there's one that's called like Gulp Your Guts. I think that's I think that's an actual movie. I can't remember yeah, for sure, no but to you guys, but if the movie sounds like something a twelve year old was designed. I 
Wood Chipper Massacre. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that was a real thing. But yeah, it's hard to find those. You can find those in the video store because those are really the bread and butter titles. You know, people come in, oh, I'm going to rent Top Gun. But we don't have any copies of Top Gun. Well, shit, I'm here. What you got left? <laughs> right? Yeah, I know it's it's weird to think because, you know, uh, so many people just a little bit younger than than we are um, grew up in the era of blockbuster video or, um, you know, the big video chain stores. So they'll never know. We talk about this all the time. We always reminisce, but. They'll never know the joy of going into one of those video stores that only had like 50 videotapes. And if the movie that you were looking for wasn't there, yeah. you just had you just had to grab whatever. <laughs> or the one where they had like, uh, when you had like two or three video stores in your town and they had been a big, big measuring contest. We have 300 titles. Oh, yeah, we have 400. <laughs> and all of, I see people with serious blockbuster nostalgia, and they forget how homogenized and they, they made the video store. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Even the the video store that I worked at when I was in high school and college, um, they tried to hop on that, that train too. Um, they, they started pursuing the business model of, of blockbuster and, uh, front row video. Um, yeah, they, they started chasing that business model. Like, the 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 store that I worked at was, uh, com, you know, comparable to the video store that Randall works at in Clerks. You know, it was just a little mom and pop video store, but um, uh, towards the end of my working there, like uh, for example, when Forrest Gump came out, like. Normally, when a new film came out, we would order five copies of it if it was a big movie. When Forrest Gump came out, yeah. they ordered like they they ordered like thirty copies of it, you know, because they were trying to chase that same big big you know you know magnet no, store business model. like that i don't know i wasn't the manager all i did was put the videos on the shelf and take them take them off (laughs) to hand them to customers (laughs) Uh, 
one time one night. pretty cool uh, video library uh, that's just across the street from my house um, that kind of goes along with, you know, like, like what you're talking about. Uh, you know, it they don't just get like big hit movies or, you know, the, the freshest thing. They actually get like a lot of cool art films and stuff. So it's, it's a neat little, uh, place but uh i don't think you're allowed to go in there right now because of covid i haven't been there since last year but i don't know <laughs> so what about those stories i've read about the break-ins there mm-hmm. here and they didn't find At any my- tire tracks oh i don't know mysteries Unsolved mysteries. But yeah, I mean, there were always alternate means there. I mean, there were always alternate means to find what you want. Then DVD yeah. came, and we became spoiled. I noticed that we, during the DVD era, we were like uh, a Roman origin Caligula. Yeah. You know, I mean... Know, Movie, yeah, we will give you money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel the same way about like every new advancement in technology. It's like, uh, you know, when when uh, CDs first became a thing, I remember going to the to the record store and literally pawing through every single CD to see what I could get, you know, and again, then like we were, you know, VHS, I would go to, what what was the name of that? What was the name of that? Suncoast. Yes. Suncoast. (laughs) I would go to Suncoast and just dig through every VHS tape looking for, looking for movies. And then when DVD became a thing, um, I haven't, I will, I will say though, and this will be a topic of discussion, I'm sure, because I know you don't agree with me, but I don't care much for Blu-ray. Um, uh, because, you know, I have a, I have like a 4k TV and I think that with Blu-ray and the 4K TV together, it makes everything on Blu-ray look like it's a soap opera. It 
it, it I, I don't know. It's it's too hyper realistic yeah, for me. Turn off where they do make it look like you're watching a damn telenova. <laughs> Most right? people don't think you about know? looking at their video options to turn it off. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I I don't know. It it just but that was I remember when like, uh, Fort Capers hit man, uh my Walmart was showing the Hobbit, the new one thing, and it looked Oh yeah. Too yeah. nice, it's crystal clean. You know, it's like you were on the set there. It didn't look like you filmed for a movie. And I'm not getting into that oh Yeah, exactly. That that's my point. Uh, yeah, with the with some of the Blu-ray stuff, like the first movie that I saw on Blu-ray with my with my new TV was Creepshow, and Creepshow is one of my favorite films of all time. And I did not like I didn't I did not like the way that it looked. That's what turned. That's basically what turned me off from. Blu-ray. I was yeah, just like, no. Nope. They started doing that same stuff. Hey, cry out. You want this, don't you? Yeah. Buy a Blu-ray setup. I don't like Blu-ray. They fuck you. You're not getting the theatrical cut. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, they always so, do that with any format. It's like, you want this special thing? Yeah. You only have to buy the new thing to get it, otherwise you won't. Yeah. Well, yeah, you you know, obviously, the basis of our friendship is the fact that we're both cinephiles, and uh, I have multiple, I have multiple, uh, you know, ways to view movies, and I have the original Star Wars trilogy on uh, Laserdisc because that's the only way you can really get it nowadays, you know? <laughs> just, you know, what you were just saying, you know, like, oh, yeah. you want the original original Star Wars trilogy? Well, tough shit. We've got this version, we've got this version, we've got Blu-ray, we've got DVD, like, uh, you know, it... Um, and, and, I, you know, and do I believe in George Lucas' story that he actually cut the negative to make the only ones out there? Yeah, I believe he said. No. No. I, I don't know. Uh, I've never heard anything yeah, like that. That's and always been his story it, and it's never changed. When I made the special editions, I actually cut the original negative and put all this new stuff in. So these original negatives don't exist anymore. <laughs> right? When you did play you... it's the same laser disc transfers that you just lovingly talked about. And you can't find right? those. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the sets, but they trade in the special editions and keep the uh, original edition just for themselves. <laughs> but you and I have talked about that before and um yeah. 
you know, it it's it's Lucas's uh, you know, uh toy box. He can play with it however he wants, you know. I don't I don't resent him for you know to our discussion of the Disney Channel. Yeah, Disney Plus, right? Yeah. Yeah, saturated at this point 
Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, you know, with the number of Avengers movies, the number of Star Wars movies, the number of anything now is just ridiculous. And I don't want to be that curmudgeonly old man who's like, oh, another remake, another sequel, grr. You know, like, I don't want to be that guy, but I, I kind of feel like, yeah, there's, there's just not enough original content out there to justify, again, to bring it back to what we're talking about tonight, there's not enough original content out there to justify all these separate streaming services. And especially, I don't believe that Star Wars was ever available on any other streaming platform before Disney plus, but, but the Avengers films certainly were, you know? Yeah. The, the, the Marvel films are available everywhere. And stars have the cable rights to read. Yeah. You used to be able to watch them all over the place. And now it's like, Nope, if you don't have Disney plus can't watch them. So, yeah. yeah. So now, I mean, you you were the one who brought this up as a topic for us to discuss this evening, um, and you mentioned it rather jokingly in reference to uh, to Wall Street, the 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 movie Michael Douglas Oliver Stone movie Wall Street. You said. You know, greed is greed is good. Ha ha ha. Um, do you really think that this is a greed based initiative, or I mean, do you think that these there is like I covered the other point. There is a big dick thing. What I call it is like they're happy right now. Is their dick measuring contest? Oh, you're going to do it. Good. Oh yeah. Oh, you know. If you can play, you're going to miss out. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I just, I wonder because, I mean, if you look at it right now, um, I mean, of course, you don't, you don't bat an eyelash when you look at something like Disney Plus and you're like, wow, they have all the Marvel movies and all the Star Wars movies, you know, you don't, you don't think twice about it because you're, it's Disney, you know, they've been one of the largest corporations operating in this country for as long as we've been alive. And even before, even before we were alive, you know, so you don't think twice about it, but, but, but now you're looking at all these other little startup, uh, you know, uh, streaming services who all of a sudden like you know this is kind of funny um before hulu got their hands on it crackle do you remember crackle it might even yeah it might even still be a it might even still be a thing but yeah, crackle was the only more pure anime now right when Crackle was first around, though, they were the only streaming service that had Seinfeld. Seinfeld, the biggest sitcom in the world. 
and and Crackle was the only one that had the rights to it. It's on Hulu yeah. now, but you want uh, content, you gotta go get their new channel Peacock. You want friends? You get NBC Peacock. You want your side fails? NBC Peacock. And then in March, if you want to watch your WWE streaming. You gotta get Peacock. Make a separate fee for it. You gotta pay a spike. I don't want to watch friends. You gotta pay for it. Yeah, um, I think that's really, I think the Peacock thing is really weird. I and and this again brings me back to what we're trying to get to the bottom of tonight is what, what are these companies going for? Like, weren't they, wasn't NBC already making money by letting Hulu show their, you know, day old episodes of Saturday night live or the today show or whatever. Like, why did they need to, you know, why do they need to bring it all under one roof and and start charging separately for it? I, I, God, they don't see it as making money off the shows. They see it as them losing money on the shows that who's making that they could be putting in their pockets themselves. So instead of making more great content for their network, they'll take the great content they already have and force you to pay them directly for it. Yeah, well, yeah, see, that's that was kind of what I was going to get at next is, you know, you talk about a streaming ser- service like Peacock. Um, they don't have any original content. Everything that's on there is some, something that you've already seen a million times, you know. Like you said, oh, gosh, I guess that's the only place I can go to watch Friends, like, I haven't seen every episode of Friends a thousand times in my life. It was a friggin' staple of late afternoon TV reruns when I lived in friggin' Bangor, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was another but, thing. When we watch a TV show, it'd be like, oh, it's going to hit syndication now, and you get to watch it all over and over and over again. Friends, yeah. Five times a week. Oh, God. And I want to tell you, uh, you see all these people, millennials, going like, oh, friends, we all love friends at night. No, we didn't. <laughs> Enough people liked it to make it a hit, but most of us were like, we would kill these white people. We would kill those people if <laughs> we see them in that way. It, it's funny. because is that the guys in Seinfeld were unapologetic scumbag, big dead assholes. Friends, they tried to play <laughs> off the cues. It's funny. Like, th- this is a funny story. Um, so, yeah, I was never a big fan of Friends when it was on when I was actually in high school. I never really paid attention to it. But, as I said, when I was an adult, it was one of the shows that played. We had a we had a really cool, um, actually a really cool um, 
uh, afternoon rerun uh, schedule in Bangor where they would show like uh, American Dad and uh, Family Guy and The Simpsons and Cops and Seinfeld that Friends was one of the shows that they that they showed. Um, and so I eventually did end up watching the bulk of friends just because it was on there in the, in the mix. And, you know, I did get some chuckles out of it, you know, I, you know, but, uh, I never really cared that much for it, but I have a friend named Sean and he is like the darkest, gloomiest, like black metal dude that I know. Like for real, he plays like dark black metal in his band. And, you know, he's all, he's not all like Satan worshipy and stuff, but he leans into that whole. Yes, right. (laughs) But uh, I was talking to him one day and on the phone and he was like, what are you doing? And I said, Oh, oh, I'm just watching a rerun of friends. And he legitimately said, yeah, I like that show, but I've seen every episode too many times. (laughs) (laughs) I just had to. Well, when you don't have a VCR or no new movies around, you will watch whatever you need to take (laughs) <laughs> he's I'm sitting there with his I can just um... the other one. if you want to watch your kids on streaming <laughs> you gotta buy Disney Plus yep now see that goes back to what I was saying before I have every season of the Simpsons on DVD because I knew a day like this would come when I was not going to have access to the Simpsons anymore, you know? Um, We don't, we don't have any now, now this is going to make me sound like a hypocrite because we're talking about it. We're bitching about it, but uh, we don't have any live TV here at our house. Everything we have is a streaming, streaming service. (laughs) That's, that's how we watch things aside. uh, uh, Satellite TV because we have shitty net out here. If we had good net, I would probably watch nothing but streaming. But with shitty net, there. And nowadays, if your cable company finds out that you are streaming a lot, they will limit your bandwidth and make you pay more for bandwidth. Oh, net neutrality. In action, huh? Yeah. It's like, okay, we found some new way. But they just love the reasons to squeeze another penny from it. But yeah, but there is still places like Tubi for now. Before Tubi, what you can have people. Because one day, there's going to be people like us going, and then I don't think we can do this around for it at all, huh? They were saying corporations. And we're forced to charge. <laughs> you and I are going to be C 
sitting together at the old folks' home being like, remember Tubi? Ah, oh, Tubi. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> Uh, remember Hulu? It was only seven ninety nine a month. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, well, we're raising prices, but we're making getting you more content. I would raise you more content and not raise your prices. No, no, we can't do right? that. <laughs> like Vinegar Syndrome and something weird video. Do you feel so that that... Companies like that are taking advantage of the streaming service boom uh, to the detriment of their brand, or do you feel like they're monetizing themselves wisely as, you know, entrepreneurs? Uh, I mean, I know Mike Verney passed away, uh, so uh, Lisa is actually in charge of something weird video now. Well, there's no Now that Mike had passed away. He just licensed it out rather than uh, 
after it, find someone to put it out herself, you know, and, you know. She lets other people do the hard yeah. work. Well, personally, I I think it's a smart move. Um, I love to get my hands on a physical copy of anything, something weird, whether it's a VHS tape or a DVD. Uh, but, um, it, you know, the, they technically, they, you know, they, they were able to monetize a brand by simply buying up old videos. I mean, they didn't, they didn't make any of those movies. It's not like trauma, uh, and you know, trauma bought up a bunch of old movies, but they also made a bunch of in-house movies themselves along the way. So, yeah, but the um, is, all of the movies trauma bought, 90% of them are amateur grade crap that even people who make amateur grade crap will be embarrassed that was hitting in video. And now, oh, yeah, one, I, they have like four or 500 films at least that no one wants. Not even them. Oh yeah, no. Uh, uh, do not, do not get, do not get the wires crossed here. Uh, I love something weird video. I absolutely despise Trauma. The only, the only two movies that I have from Trauma are Blood Sucking Freaks and Combat Shock. Other than that, I don't give a shit. And again. Well, Neither one of those are. Hello. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, I, mean, I thought I lost you for a second. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I understand what you mean. I mean, yeah, combat shot. Most of their great films are pickups, like uh, The Diary of a Junkie, uh, Combat Shock, uh, Toxic Avenger. But that's like, yeah. you have about 2,000 films in the catalog, and there's only like six or seven that people know that are actually great freaking movies. Right. That's not a good fatty end. A lot, uh, you know, a lot of those old video uh, companies from the 80s are just such a trash heap of, you know, you, you've got one good movie in there and everything else, like Wizard, like, you know, Wizard, come on. I hate Charles Band. I'm sorry. I'm I'm going yeah. on record. I'm saying it. Oh, don't worry. Not too many I... people like him hearing it. What it was, <laughs> all of uh, Empire, Charles Band, Ace, uh, ended up on Bestron Video. Oh, yeah. Up, it was on Wizard Video. <laughs> forget what the C one was where you see stuff like uh, Creepazoid, Psychos in Love you know they're real great yeah but see I actually enjoy some of that stuff 
but it doesn't make me, it doesn't endear Charles Band to me any, any, anymore. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, my favorite uh, Charles Band before. I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, remember those uh, 2600 uh, video games like Halloween mixed, mixed on Africa? Yeah. Yep. Well, it turns out Charlie didn't have a right. It was kind of a car season in him with two big purple guys. And he said, you got to make friends. <laughs> Anything to do with the the Atari uh, twenty six hundred ET game that so, so infamously uh, ended up in the. about uh, the Star Wars films and how difficult it is to get your get your hands on the original Star Wars trilogy um, to 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 wit I had to go and get it on Japanese uh, laser disc to get the original copies but um, what what do you think um, now that so much of this content is available online and only online or sh- streaming, you know, on your, on your smart TV. Uh, what do you think about some of these edited versions of, of films or epi- episodes of TV shows that are just being completely removed because they, they're, they're uh, assumed to be offensive. Yeah. Like Disney is getting pretty bad with, telling you what's offensive and what's not. I mean, I kind of agree with them when they say, uh, Joe Disney, so we're not for kids. I can remember an amazing amount of dirty jokes. I mean, there's like yeah. five seconds of freedom of my life talking to a man. I don't know. Who is a friend of mine? She listens to the show right now. Why did she say, I can't remember anything on Red 
friend of mine, Joe, and it's like seconds later, I wrote a paper seller singing cigarette wine and wild, wild women. <laughs> right? Yeah, and, you know, it's like... Alice Cooper show, you know. Um, you know, I I say this all the time. I believe I said it earlier in the show, but, you know, uh, marijuana is a hell of a drug, so I can't recall. But um, I, I talk about this all the time that um, even as someone who's an extreme leftist, I do agree with one thing that the conservatives say all the time, and this cancel culture thing is nonsense. I mean, uh, I don't believe no, that we should... He's always been like this. Like, uh, they edited the Little Mermaid's VHS uh, cover because of the little penis that the, the guy who... Oh, yeah, the... Yeah, the... Or taking the black yeah. out of their boat. I'm not even back in that day. You know. <laughs> right. Something new for me. It's new for them. It's it's, it's not necessarily more shocking. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessarily new, but it's um yeah, it's like uh, I, I just from my point of view, I believe we should leave everything intact because, you know, well, there's a famous quote that says, you know, uh, you know, those who don't learn from the past are doomed to repeat it, you, you know, so like, why are yeah, we? But even you got to agree with me. With me on this, Pepe Q was a rapist. There's just no, there's no <laughs> way to look at it in the other direction. Yeah, okay. I will agree with you that Pepe Le Pew was definitely a racist or <laughs> uh, 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 a rapist. No, rapist. <laughs> he might have, yeah. yeah, he might have been racist as well. I don't know. Uh, well. <laughs> He was a racist caricature, but, uh, but yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But, you know, um, uh, and, and bear with me now, what if we held actual human males to the same standard that we are currently holding a cartoon skunk? How about that? Let's I just try that for a while. I wish we would. No, really, I wish we would. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that that that'd you be really cool. Rolling. You're trying to put you put moves on the look on the face of that damn cat Pepe Le Pew, you might as well either go to jail or get the fuck away. All right. <laughs> not a joke, but it's not a joke. Uh, no, it's not. Yeah, even in the 90s, we were like, yeah, whoever her and came up with her character was a furry. <laughs> I mean, there yeah. wasn't no hiding it, was there? No, you're right, because every Pepe Le Pew cartoon always started off with a regular cat accidentally getting a stripe 
down her back. And then Pepe Le Pew would hit on her because he thought she was a female skunk. You're right. That's furry territory right there, man. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. tonight is I, I don't think that any of that stuff should just disappear like we we can't just pretend that it never happened you know um, and especially I mean, 
what this is like the third uh separate podcast that we've done not the third episode but you and i have done like three different podcasts together over the years and so you and i have talked about this before when i was growing up my parents were very permissive i was allowed to read whatever i want watch whatever i want listen to whatever i wanted uh Except for Cheech and Chong. For some reason, my mother really got pissed off about the Cheech and Chong records. Uh, but she didn't mind me watching... <laughs> she didn't mind me watching Last House on the Left when I was 11 years old. But ho, ho, ho! Cheech and Chong <laughs> off limits, buddy! Album. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the like, um, yeah, yeah, the the Cheech and Chong albums, uh, were not, yeah, they weren't in the same vein as their like stoner humor in the movies. No, they were, they were just like, like I would, I would say mm, comparably like, although they didn't do, uh, you know, spoof songs, but like weird Al, they were just comedy music records a lot of the time. Like, you know, or whatever. Uh, Yep. Yep. But yeah. Oh yeah. If you look on the surface, yes, Soho is there, but why is Disney forcing kids to take it off their profiles and say only adults can watch this? Hmm? Yeah. I don't know. What's your theory? I don't know. Everyone knows all of the three little secrets. Like, uh, everyone that works in the nationality of the women's fashion. And just stuff like that. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it, you know, we can we can goof on it all we want, but anyone who has access to the internet can easily see that Disney has had a pretty despicable reputation over the years. So, uh, you know, uh, but I guess, you know, that's it, 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 it goes back to what we originally were talking about at the top of the show, you know, uh, we're talking about, you know, greed and, and, cancel culture and you know just despicable corporations and it's always going to be the little guy who's going to take it under the bus it's like uh, when you first come in like first adopted we went to Netflix and there was a good mix of modern movies and the drive-in and the exploitation stuff but as soon as they got reputable in the studio system and stuff they kicked the little guys Oh, we don't need your disgusting little exploitation films. 
Yeah. Amazon Prime, come over here. We'll give you, we'll show your exploitation films. And then Amazon Prime starts making your own shows and all that. We don't need your vinyl exploitation films, and we'll take them where you can't get on anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's weird, like, the, the, uh, I'm sure it's similar, uh, where you live, obviously, uh, we mention this all the time, but we live 3,000 miles away from each other, so we don't ever get to visit in person, but, uh, but, uh, here, uh, we've had a resurgence in drive-in movie theaters, over the last five years. And yeah, here, uh, well, almost anywhere that has a big functioning, maybe the no drive in theater. Well, I mean, the movie was during the COVID thing. You know, yeah. You're in your car, come to us, give us your money, we'll show you your memories. Come to you. <laughs> but we don't we don't get any good like i mean usually most of the movie theaters around here have two screens and one screen will be showing like the new avengers movie with a double feature with you know the new spider-man movie or whatever um and then the other screen will be a throwback screen, but it won't show anything really cool like some old exploitation flick or something. It, it'll be like Raiders of the Lost Ark and Goonies, you know. So yeah. it, it's but fun. I, it's, it's, back in our day, David, I always said if there was screen, there would be a first one would be the one that pays the best, and that would be the Hollywood Yeah, I think the the first drive-in movie that I remember my parents taking me to was actually, uh, yeah, double feature Jaws and then Porky's. That was a good one. That was fun. So the first one I remember some deep cuts right there man like yeah see your your drive-in was a lot cooler than mine when when we were growing up well i seen it in 
Why don't you just play eight bucks and we'll still do it something new and weird like the Willy Wonderland motorcycle business. I can't wait to But you know what the most the most terrible thing about what we've been talking about this evening uh, is, you know, so uh, Abby and I subscribe to several uh, streaming services, you know, Um, it's not an exorbitant amount of money, but we do have to pay every month for all these streaming services. But when a new movie comes out, especially now in the COVID days, when we don't want to, you know, we're not comfortable going out to the movie theater. You know, we don't even go out to restaurants or anything. We've, we've been pretty much hunkered down for the last year. So, um, yeah. Uh, when a new movie does come out, we'll go on Amazon prime and we see it's on there and we can rent it for 1999. And we're like, no, no, fuck, fuck that. Fuck that. So so then we so then we walk two blocks uh uh west of our house and there's a red box at the Walgreens and we can rent the same movie for a dollar ninety nine. What 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 the hell are these streaming services thinking? Like this has well, gotta be an option for Right? I don't know. It it it's no, just right. it it Yeah. yeah. No, it it's just I mean, Prime for free. Uh, <laughs> they they gave it to they. So I I don't I don't know how much it would have cost. We did watch it this weekend though. For free, yeah, for free. It was free with Amazon Prime. Yeah. Oh. I just mean, in general, our Amazon Prime subscription is free because I don't know they gave it to Abby when she was in college and I don't know if uh, they just forgot to cut her off or what, but <laughs> we still get Amazon yeah. prime for fun. Yeah. 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 In general, 
I think there is uh, there is a desire to watch films that or TV shows that you might not otherwise be interested in just for the fact that, like I said, you know, we have Amazon Prime, we have Hulu, we have Netflix, we have Shudder. Like, you know, there is there is an impetus to watch something. Uh, a lot of times it's because everyone's talking about it. You want to watch the the Queen's Gambit or whatever, or uh, what's the, the what's that? that? In our generation was our parents' generation, their parents, their parents, parents just don't want to be left out, people. Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was only a teenager uh, when Twin Peaks originally aired, but, you know, that was, that was the show then uh, that you wanted to make sure you saw Twin Peaks. So when you went to school the next day and everyone was talking about Twin Peaks, that you could keep up with Twin Peaks, you know, and, uh, and now, uh, what, what, what's, what's the new one, uh, with all the British people having sex that that's the big water cooler show now. Is it the Royals? What? I'm not sure. No, it's not the Royals. Hey, hey, babe. Trying to yell to my wife, but she can't hear me. (laughs) I was trying to yell. It's like, oh, oh. It's like all these people are like, coming to America. I wish Eddie Murphy had been real movies to me. And I'm like, uh, did you watch Dolomite as my name last year? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, when, ah, you know what? That's funny. You should bring that up because when, uh, when you and, uh, and me and Vicky did the show where we talked about some of our favorite movies from the last year uh dolomite is my name was definitely one of my favorites that movie was awesome um and i did think coming to america you have to say it like that i guess because coming to america was the first movie so now you have to say coming to america to differentiate between the original and the sequel um yeah uh it was it was funny. It was a funny movie, but yeah, I I think uh, I think he kind of I think Eddie Murphy kind of squandered his p- potential uh, because after Dolomite, um, he really should have launched in a different direction, you know. And I think it's it's weird. This. Yeah, well, I think a lot of act actors uh, kind of 
when they have like a breakout role, they kind of fall back into old habits just just because they don't feel uh, necessarily comfortable with where they've gone. Like um, Adam Sandler is a perfect example, right? Like last year, Adam Sandler did Uncut Gems, which was a film that garnered him a lot of uh, – critical attention and a lot of praise, but, uh, you know, what did he follow it up with? Another stupid fucking comedy where he, he, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And I did, I, I won't deny that. I, I did enjoy Hubie Halloween. I thought, I thought it was a fun movie. I thought it was, you know, definitely just him crawling back into his shell, you know, after, and, and I, I will not uh, defend uncut gems. I've had a lot of arguments with my friend Jules over this. Jules is his actual name. That's not a joke on the uncut gems thing. Uh, uh, He and I have argued about this because he thought as a fan of as I have to mention in every episode, I'm contractually obligated to mention that Quentin Tarantino is my favorite director. Okay. Got that out of the way. So uh, my friend Jules thought that I would have really liked uncut gems. Um, But personally, I didn't care for it because I just thought it was, I do think that everyone involved in the production did a great job directing, acting, but it was too noisy for me. And it wasn't, it wasn't like cross chatter in the, in the, like, uh, you know, in, in, in the good way, you know, like, uh, yeah. who, who am I thinking of? The guy who did Our Lady, uh, one of those newspapers, you know, just say, yeah. Well, me, I, I know by a term by, uh, uh, Sam, uh, a thing that Sam Fuller said, and this was where Uncut Jim Ball's ball, drops the ball. He said, yes, the main character is the son of a bitch. But he's our son of a bitch. <laughs> right. Jim wasn't our son of a bitch. He just was. He's like the guy who's like your friend. You're like, yeah, he's my friend. You don't get killed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to that type of uh, crosstalk, dialogue I you know I want like Robert Altman style you know I I, I can put up the telephone or the telephone argument between uh, Vincent Vega and his drug dealer and when he's heading there with Bia right yep you know what am I going to do to him over here She's looking at the 
to something like uh, His Girl Friday, you know? Yeah, I mean... Was, uh, His Girl Friday, get Yeah. You gotta have... If, if You know, but I don't know, man, and like I said, I've argued with friends of mine about this, but Uncut Gems was just too much noise for me. If... if and, you know... It's actually a recurring pattern in Adam Sandler's career. Uh, You know, uh, when he, after he did Punch Drunk Love with Paul Thomas Anderson, which was probably one of his best performances ever, what did he do right after that? Fucking, you know, some other stupid, you know, I think it was Big Jerkoff. Big Debt. Yeah, yeah, you know, just another one of his stupid. It's the last of his uh, frat boy comedy. Well, the last frat boy comedy where he like he gave a shit. Right. Yeah. So. It's like I don't know. I I. Well, we're scratching out, but yeah, I mean, like you can see movies like that in streaming, like the, like uh, the. The Majestic with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Carrie. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're like, God, he was so good at that. And you want right? to I'm like, God, he's not fucking trying. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, he's another good example. And I, and I don't know. Uh, as a stand-up comedian, uh, I don't I've acted in movies before, but uh, only one of them was a comedy. The other three movies that I was was in were like horror movies, kind of scary stuff, which, you know, but um, I mean, they were all just. And the sad thing is, is the comedy was the one that had the yeah, they canceled it. Uh, I I I said the N word. <laughs> Not because the... you didn't have anything down there, and they thought that they had to make another naked girl. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, it's like, you know, you'll see. We haven't got to that level on streaming yet, but I'm just waiting to see some of the bigger name the way you know that they can get the deep contract just based on what is this coach. Right? Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, I made this very good movie. I'm going to co-star that for the rest of my freaking career and not try to uh, go above myself. <laughs> Well, I mean, isn't that what friggin' uh, 
what's-his-face Duffy did after he made Boondock Saints. He made no, one he movie. Made, he basically a movie instead. They made a documentary. So what kind of impossible to work with asshole. Uh, and he basically killed his own career by talking about how great he is. Yeah, you know yeah. I, 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 where Bart now you know you know that he's kicking himself in the ass right now because after the walking dead norman reedus is such a big get that if he could just Oh, if Duffy could just get a third Boondock Saints movie off the ground. Oh, baby, he'd be back in the saddle again. Oh, uh, no. Uh, I've never <laughs> understood the love for those two movies. They were like, you know, we didn't have any tone at all. I mean, we didn't even know which end of the camera to point at. Made it with Tarantino <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the original Boondock Saints uh, obviously coasted on the coattails of that uh, post Pulp Fiction boom of gangster movies that came out of Hollywood. Um, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But um, I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I do think the original Boondock Saints was uh, rather clever in the way that, you know, uh, Willem Dafoe's character would try to uh, dissect the crime scenes, but then they would show what actually ha- happened and uh, and, you know he was always wildly off because everyone involved in the crimes was a fucking moron. So I, I did think that was kind of clever and funny, but uh, as we're talking about our, our lives here in this era of streaming and what I have on my uh, media shelf, as far as films that I, and TV shows that I never want. say earlier uh, I was thinking about this before we went on the air today Um, like when we talk about video streaming now and we talk about having physical media um, 
so you and I have talked in the past about how we had to go by like an issue of uh, film threat or psychotronic and flip oh, through the back and you find that. Yeah, they always had the catalogs that you could order and you could get like threat theater and something weird video. And, you know, that's how you and I, you know, first got into, uh, into, uh, collecting, uh, physical media. But, um, how did you first get into streaming before things like Netflix and, uh, you know, Amazon Prime, like, you must have utilized some torrent sites in the past, right? That that must have been your first... So what 
what movies do you remember first buying from the gray market? Uh, Cannibal Holocaust and, uh, let's see, Cannibal Holocaust, uh, Don't Torture a Duckling, Get the Clinic, and, uh, Jeff Franco's, uh, Female Vampire. Oh, nice. Do you still have all those on VHS? No, but I have, uh, let's see, Cannibal Holocaust on the two You know, it occurs to me that we never really discuss this again. And, you know, for people who don't realize this, you and I are 3,000 miles apart when we do this podcast every every week. So uh, we, we don't ever get to see each other in person. So um, it occurs to me that I, I've never asked you in all the years that we've been friends. Um, now, like I said, I have I have. Laserdisc, VHS, Beta, uh, you know, DVD, Blu-ray. I have all that. Uh, do you still collect VHS anymore, or, or anything so, like like that? Or here, and most of my uh, VHS was lost in a boat while I was there. Right, right, yeah. The biggest yeah. loss I have on VHS is Comeback Girls to Blue, which. It's only ever come out on VHS. Right, yeah. That that's one of the reasons why I still maintain a VHS collection. Uh I do like uh I do like trying to you know, there are a couple of uh of stores right here in town that sell old school VHS in the big box and I try to even if it's not necessarily a movie that I care about if I find one of those old. And even though I was bitching about Charles band earlier, um, if I find an old wizard, big box VHS, I'll buy it, you know, just because I like the aesthetics more than, more than anything, you know? Um, but yeah. Yeah. But we were talking earlier about something weird video and one of the two stores in my town that sells VHS oftentimes has something weird video on VHS. So I'll buy those. Something weird just the older catalog on VHS sells their hookup of VHS they went out of business. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I, I, the funny thing is, though. Well, we have 14 minutes left, and the big question is, what what's next after uh, streaming is dead? It's gonna die. What? People is dying. People say people will never die. I say by the time I'm like 56 or 70, dreams will be all there is to around me. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, Yeah, I mean, we're in a very strange time right now where everything is retro, but it's also futuristic. Like, we have four record players at our house, and we have crates and crates and crates of vinyl. But we also have DVDs and a DVD player. And we also have, uh, you know, uh, Spotify. And, you know, when, when we get in our car, we've got those fancy cars with the connect your phone to the car to listen to Spotify in the car, whatever it's called. I don't fucking know, but, um, yeah, um, yeah, Bluetooth, yes, thank you. But yeah, um, yeah, it, it's weird, like, I I don't think there's ever going to be a day where there's no physical media whatsoever. I don't think we're ever going to go 100% digital. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Uh, I think do, it do will you look- happen, but like, when music went 100% digital for a little while, when people got tired of burning CDs and like, ooh, MP3 players. Sooner or later, there's going to be people who are like, oh, man, I miss those cool album covers that they that the old guys always talked about and I seen in their house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess, uh, you know, Abby and I really like vinyl just because we like that you know, snap, crackle, and pop that you hear. Uh, but that's not even really a thing anymore, man. Every friggin' album that you buy now is like 480-gram vinyl, so they sound just as good as a CD. So you don't even, you know, unless we dig something out of yeah. the crate at Goodwill or something, we don't, we don't yeah, find any. Yeah, when you have like, the record players that are like, our... Oh, yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. Like yeah. When you were yeah. We had uber high end record shop back in the seventies and eighties. You could see the guys spending like four or five thousand dollars on their stereo equipment. Yeah. All all four of our all four of our turntables are from the last you know ten years. They're all super high end, and we've got all these friggin' I don't know, switches and bullshit to make it all sound perfect. So I don't know, but it's still fun. Uh, You know, we still like it. Uh, But yeah. Before earlier in the show, we had a candidate too perfect. Do you think it's going to be getting to a point where the movie is not going to look any better? It's not going to sound any better. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, digital video bits, color bits, rather than, you know, yeah, well, you know, you know, this is all stuff, and I know, I know it's easy to 
to heap on George Lucas for the way that he, uh, you know, messed with the Star Wars trilogy, the original Star Wars trilogy. And I know, you know, you and I talked about it before. We talked about it earlier in the show. You know, it's his, it's his sandbox. They're his toys. He can play with them any way that he wants. But um, I do think that there comes a point where, yeah, we have to stop messing with everything, be it visual or audio, like, you know, and it, it, it harkens back to what we spoke of earlier when it comes to cancel culture, you know, like we can't pretend that things weren't the way that they were one time and then just change everything, you know, we, we need to, we need to let things exist as they existed and in rather than changing them or eliminating them, we need to, you know, yeah, but just let the gray line is like, I have no problem with little black sambo and things like that. Go <laughs> from the freaking bookshelf. You know. Right. Well, no. <clears throat> you know. I mean. Uh, okay. So let's just but, say. Yeah. But now. The huge part about Disney is when one person or subject or company controls too much of the pop culture history, they control. History. And yeah. the history that we knew that happened became secondary to their wanting to be history. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, everyone always goes back to. Disney for two quick and easy reasons. Uh, you know, uh, Walt Disney was famously anti-Semitic, um, which, you know, has been, you know, proven time and time again. And then we've got Song of the South, which is famously, uh, apparently, I guess, a racist, uh, depiction of uh, slavery. I mean, not that slavery was not racist, but you know, I don't recall Song of the South enough to be able to remember. But is that why that movie? I was about 11 or 12. Yeah, and you're only a couple years older than I, than I am, so. Uh, right. Yeah, so it would have been not that much. I would have been just a little bit younger than you, but um, but anyway, uh, my point is, you know, of course I don't agree with the politics of trying to make slavery look like it was fun for anyone anyone, you know, but at the same time, 
goes back to exactly what I was saying before. I don't think we should pretend that that never happened. You know, it happened and it was allowed to happen. Well, I'm not. I mean, because we have uh, a free app on our TV, uh, Pluto TV, and every channel is a separate television program. You know, there's a whole Judge Judy channel. There's a Jerry Springfield, or what, what, what's his name? Jerry Springer. And then, then, then there's like Mystery Science Theater 3000 and you know, cops, every channel is just one show. And, and I wonder, uh, it's not anything that we pay for. It's just a channel that we get through our, our, uh, you know, smart TV. And I wonder what, what the compensation is for these people who, you know, how much money does Gordon Ramsay get for it, the Kitchen Nightmares channel or whatever, you know? Is, is it, is it even a thing? Yeah, that's really interesting when they start getting into royalties like that. 
It's like uh, Dita Knar. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. She may be fired from Sowers, but she has a decent contract where she gets paid twelve figures. So, you know, every time they use her picture in an advertisement or something like that, she's going to make Right? Yeah, it's going to be a good <laughs> Right? But, yeah, streaming is going to be interesting on down the line. And it's going to be interesting when they get to be like cable is mainstream and they become the next TV and they can't hide behind, well, we're not TV, we're streaming. And they have to really <laughs> start painting the pipe. Yep. It's not TV. It's HBO. Oh, wait. That's a separate thing. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. And with that, as usual, like everybody, this show is a lot this week with Cuomo and a lot of people. If you think that what you're going to say is stupid, keep your mouth shut. Because if you open your mouth, All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. And as always, please, we're so close. The, The light is at the end of the tunnel. Please wash your hands and wear a mask. We can, we're almost there. Please do it. Ha, 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 ha.